0: Third John, verse 11. Beloved fall not that which is evil, but that which is good. He that doeth good is of God, but he that doeth evil hath not seen God. If you've been reading Third John week by week, and this is now, uh, we're on in studies at this point. If you've been reading Third John week by week, you've noticed at least at some point, I trust, that that contrast that he mentions in verse 11 he's contrasting Gaius and the brethren that were received and the church that those brethren testified unto and even John himself and those that love the truth with a man named Diatrophes. Diatrophes sticks out of this letter like a sore thumb, you've heard that expression. Look at the sore thumb. Let's let's read First John, excuse me, Third John, verses one through ten. If you haven't read it up to this point, let's read it together at this time, and you will you it'll be palpable. You'll feel it. You'll feel the change of tone. The elder unto the well-beloved Gaius, whom I love and the truth. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. For I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, even as thou walkest in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in the truth. Beloved, thou doest faithfully whatsoever thou doest to the brethren and to strangers which have borne witness of thy charity or love before the church, whom if thou bring forward on their journey after a godly sort, thou shalt do well, because that for his, Christ's name's sake, they went forth, taking nothing of the Gentiles. Where We, therefore, ought to receive such, we, John in the church he's a a pastor of, ought to receive such that we might be fellow helpers to the truth, I wrote unto the church, But diatrophes, who love to have the preeminence among them, receiveth us not. Wherefore, if I come, I will remember his deeds, which he doeth, prating against us with malicious words, and not content therewith, neither doth he himself receive the brethren, and forbiddeth them that would, or or he forbids those of the church that they would likewise not receive the brethren. And casteth them, the church members, out of the church. Beloved, follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. He that doeth good is of God, but he that doeth evil hath not seen God. Do you see it now? Do you see that that stark contrast here in this man, Diatrophes? The subject, the title for this message this evening is Diatrophes, the church boss diatrophies the church boss years ago i heard a message and it was preached in a local church and uh, the man who preached it he preached soundly on diatrophies and and the very next business meeting one of the members in the church he started his sentence with well i'm no church boss but and he behaved himself exactly like diatrophies This is not an easy message to preach, but it's necessary. By looking at this letter time and time again, it seems as though this is the exact point of, of this letter. We've read verse 11 over and over and over and over and over and over again. Why did he write verse 11 to illuminate verses 9 and 10? Okay, To give us understanding of verses 9 and 10. This letter has been building up to this point. In verse one, you see that there's an expression of love and the truth, that John loves those that walk in truth, that he loves Gaius because Gaius is in the truth and not just in it and not just knowing it, but he's living it. There's a prosperity that John expects in the soul uh, of, uh, uh, of, or excuse me, in the health of Gaius because his soul was prospering. He he desired that his body prosper as his soul prospered. How did he know his soul was prospering? Because he was walking in truth, verses three and four. Well, how did he know he was walking in truth, verses three and four? Well, verses five through seven, there were men that testified unto the church of Gaius's behavior, not just in what he knew, but how he lived. He does faithfully in everything he does. He, his expression of those, uh, for Christ's sake, was known by all, both of the brethren and of strangers, Jew and Gentile alike. His testimony before the church and among the churches was that he was a man that trusted the Lord and did what he said, and that he received the children of God. And remember we looked last time, that that word received doesn't just mean like you, you take a piece of mail out of the out of the mailbox but to receive them and give them great hospitality to treat them as, as one of his own. And that, and that John was encouraged in verse 8 that, hey, look, you received these people, we ought to receive them too, so that we can be a fellow helper or co-laborer for the truth's sake. And now by way of contrast, you've got this man Diotrephes, his name broken down two different pieces, Deus, which is Jupiter or Zeus or father of Helps, And trepho, which means to nourish or support. He wasn't very supportive of the God of the Bible. He wasn't very supportive for the truth's sake. The church was written to. John says, I wrote unto the church. And Diotrephes did not either receive. he, He both neither received the letter nor the men. Okay? It wasn't lost in the mail. We, we've sent several water bills. And I don't know what happens in the mail, but it doesn't make it a mile and a half down the road to the water companies. Okay? Th- these letters were not lost in the mail. No doubt, Diatrophes either took these letters and ripped them up or shipped them back and would not receive the, the hands of the man who brought these letters. He was bitter against receiving the truth. Those that for Christ's sake broadcasted the gospel, diatrophies, would not hear from them. He would not receive their letters. He would not receive their persons. We're going to get into why in just a minute. But think about this. He said, I wrote unto the church. Based on what we know about John, we studied the writings of John. If you were to go to sermon audio you would find all these messages, John, 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, they're all under the folder John's writings. So what have we come away with from John's writings? John chapter 20, because sum, John, John summarizes all of his writings. What was John writing consistent with? In John chapter 20, in verses 30 and 31, many of the signs truly did, did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, But these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and the believing you might have life through his name. John, the beloved, desired to see souls saved. Okay, So whatever he was writing, when he says, whom I love in the truth, in 3 John verse 1, that encompasses the gospel of Jesus Christ. He desired to see souls saved, and he knew that seeing souls saved was through granted repentance and belief Faith that is in Jesus Christ and his death, burial, and resurrection. So whatever he was writing to the church had something to do with that, I believe. Which writing of John does not include the gospel? First John does, second John does, third John speaks of the truth. Okay? So what else might he have been writing about? He would have been assuring believers of their salvation. And first John Chapter 5 and verse 13 These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. So, assuring the assurance of the believer, John wrote concerning the gospel unto salvation and the assurance of the believer, refuting both Gnosticism and antinomianism, meaning Gnosticism that mere knowledge is salvation. And antinomianism—that someone says they're saved and they, they, then they can just go do whatever they want—John refuted that as well in First John and gave several assurances throughout the book. What about Third John? Walking in it. 3, excuse me, Second John, verses four through six: I rejoice greatly that I found of thy children walking in the truth, as we have received the commandment from the Father. And now I beseech thee, lady, not as though I wrote a new commandment unto thee, but that which we had from the beginning, that we love one another. And this is love, that we walk after his commandments. This is the commandment that, as ye have heard from the beginning, ye should walk in it. So I believe whatever John was writing to the church and Diotrephes did not receive was consistent with those three elements the gospel. Assurance of the believer in the gospel and walking in the truth of those who have expressed that they are saved and assured thereof. And now, in verse 11, he's encouraging discernment. Blood blood follow not that which is evil, that which is good. Those that say they are saved are assured of such. Do they walk in it? He that doeth good is of God, he that doeth evil hath not seen God. So Diatrophes evidently was a person that opposed, if not all of those points, at least one of those points. What kind of a person would prevent the church from receiving the gospel, assurance in the gospel, and encouragement to walk in it? What, what kind of a person would do that? Obviously a person who disagreed. Obviously a person who set themselves first. And obviously, a person who had no spiritual concern for anybody else. Think about it. If you were, if you were, if you had your closest friend in the world sitting right next to you, and you were concerned about their spiritual welfare, which one of those things would you not want them to hear? Would you not want them to hear the gospel? Would you not, if they say they're saved, would you not want them to be assured? Would you not want them to to have the encouragement to follow after the Lord? Which one of those three things is offensive to you, right? Well, evidently Diatrophes was offended. Why? We'll get to that. Look at this. Here we are, right now. I run to the church. He tells you. He tells you why Diotrephes was offended. By Diotrephes, who loveth to have the preeminence among them. He wanted to be first place, he wanted to be in charge. He wanted to be front and center. He wanted to be the leader. I don't know of him being a leader if I if it was by force, if he was just the loudest voice in the room, if it was persuasive, if he was a if he was a really good politician and knew how to work a crowd. It, controlling somehow I'm, i i've been a member of an assembly and i've told you all before that there was a man during the business meetings he he was the loudest man in the group because he felt like because he gave more than everybody else that he should have his vote should weigh heavier than everyone else's was he trying to control the group by finances smooth talk look down the page there uh, in, in the book of jude look at this what was Diotrephes? One of these types of men. Look at verse four. For there are certain men crept in unawares, who were before of old ordained to this condemnation. Ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness, and denying the only Lord and our and our uh, uh, the only, only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ, Den- denying the power of salvation according to the gospel. Keep reading verses eleven through thirteen. Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain, who slew his brother because he exposed his deed for evil. And ran g- greedily after the error of Balaam for reward, and perished in the gainsaying or rebellion of Korah. Now these are spots in your feasts of charity. When they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear, they have the first place, they just—they oh, just, they just, they, they, they're so proud of themselves. Clouds they are without water carried about with winds, trees whose fruit withereth without fruit, twice dead, plucked up by the roots, raging waves of the sea, foaming out their, their own shame. That's very poetic language. They're destructive, wandering stars to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. Well, that sounds like they're unsaved, doesn't it? Blackness of darkness forever. Read verse 16. These are murmurers, complainers, walking after their own lusts. And their mouths speak of great swelling words. Oh, they can captivate an audience. They can really win folks over. Having men's persons in admiration because of advantage or using people. But what we read in Third John, that's exactly who Diotrephes is. John himself is calling him an unsaved man in verse 11. Now, I don't know what type of influence he invoked, but there's a a whole bunch of different kinds of diatrophies. Again, sometimes people have a certain political sway. They have a presence. Sometimes, again, it's finances. Sometimes it's just the oldest person in the family, a patriarch, and they divide things and control uh, through family influence or whatever. He wanted what he wanted and what everybody else may have wanted or certainly would have needed. He refused it. Okay, and I say certainly would have needed. Who in here does not need to hear the gospel again? Raise your hand if you did not need to hear the gospel again. Well, raise your hand if you are fully assured and and, and you don't need to hear another message on the assurance of the believer. Or maybe raise your hand if you are walking with the Lord in such a way that you don't need another message on being encouraged to walk in the truth. You see, we all need these messages. We, we all could receive those letters time and time and time and time and time again, but Diotrephes refused it. Listen to how selfish Diotrephes is. He didn't care what church member could have grown from that letter that John wrote. I mean, have, have, you, have you grown at all through 3rd John? I've grown through, through studying and preaching 3rd John. He didn't care what church member or members could have grown from that letter. He didn't care. Why? Because he loved to have the preeminence. It was all about him. It, it, didn't, it didn't matter what was going on. It didn't matter what encouragements it didn't matter it didn't matter what someone could have grown by it was all about diatrophies you know churches have a diatrophies there's many churches that have diatrophies and it's not believe it or not it's not a super uncommon thing Diatrophies exercising his church bossness prevented the group from growing if if, if we were to take up an exercise plan and say, okay, well, today we're going to exercise our legs. Well, guess what? It's not just our legs that gets exercised. Your heart starts pounding. You start breathing harder. You, your, your vascular system builds up and it builds your mind because you got to do stuff that you think is hard and you keep on going. It's a whole lot more than just the one body part, isn't it, to be exercised. A person or group of people that disdain God's word or disdain God's men. Yet, no doubt he must have been blaming John because they would not receive him. And you know he's blaming John because look down in verse 10 and we'll get to it. Which he do with prating against us with malicious words. He's not prating against God with malicious words, he's prating against John with malicious words. So these people a lot of times trying to hold factions and rule a group, they'll blame somebody all because they want to they want their needs met or they want as we talked about what they have, they want to be coddled rather than what's good for the group and what's good for the glory of God. As I read through scripture from cover to cover, I see it is God glorifying when the Lord's people obey him. Obedience is better than sacrifice. That's what Samuel said to King Saul. In Revelation chapter 4, we will study, there will be a casting crowns event, and we will study those crowns shortly. And those crowns are all are all awarded to the children of God who are doing the things that he told them to do. Those are, those are God honoring crowns, God working through his people, obedience. It should be the desire then of every child of God that each of us would cast as many crowns as possible. I should desire that each one of you cast as many crowns as possible. Well, guess what? Preaching of the gospel, preaching assurance of the believer, and preaching that you should walk in the truth, that would get you a good way down the road toward that. In addition, you should desire for me the pastor's crown, that I would be found faithful in the work. If someone were to be a diatrophies, they would be preventing truth in the church. They would also be preventing the, the work of the Lord in the truth, and they would actually not be a fellow helper or co-laborer. They would be obstructive to those things, not only would they not be help, not be helping the group to cast crowns before the Lord, they would actually be preventing the group, humanly speaking, from casting crowns before the Lord. How selfish is that? That's pretty selfish, isn't it? I believe it's selfish. He says in verse eight, "He receiveth his not." Excuse me, in in, uh, in verse nine. The atrophies who love to have their preeminence among them receiveth us not. Contrast that to verse 8. We therefore ought to receive such. Not that it's optional. These are things we should be doing. So not only is he, he's not neutral in the matter. You can't be neutral in the matter. He's not doing it when he ought to be doing it. He's not receiving the brethren when he ought to be receiving the brethren. John taught that the church he pastored ought to receive faithful ministers to be fellow helpers or, or fellow laborers in the truth. But by contact, contrast, then, Diotrephes was not a fellow helper or co-laborer. He was, by contrast, he hindered the broadcasting of the truth, the broadcasting of the gospel, the broadcasting of the effects of the preaching of God's word in the assembly. He was a cancer in that group. It says... Verse 11, beloved, fall not that which is evil, but that which is good. Again, when we read verses 1 through 10 in its entirety and one swipe, you saw, I trust you saw, a contrast of good and evil. Right? It's there. He's calling diatrophies evil because what he was doing was evil. And it's not just an evil, confused, saved person. He that doeth good is of God, he that doeth evil hath not seen God. He's saying Diotrephes hasn't seen God, doesn't know God, he's not he's not following after good. He's an evil man. Evil, it's evil. Evil. He said, I'm gonna remember his deeds. Wherefore, when I if I come, I will remember his deeds which he doeth. Not which he did, which he doeth. Okay? So there, that's a big difference. If I made a terrible mistake, if I made a terrible mistake, and I said, I'm sorry, it would be right to forgive me. If I truly repented, it would be right to forgive me. If I I continue making a terrible mistake, not acknowledging that, but continue in it, right? That's what he's saying. It's not like he just did something a while back, and, and now he's got to live the rest of his life you know, trying to recover from that. This is who diatrophies is. And when I come, if I come, I will remember his deeds, which he doeth, continues to do. That is, he will expose them and address them. It's not like he's just going to think about it. I will remember it, and I'm going to remember it to his face and before the church there. Oh, John, that's, that's ugly. You shouldn't do that. That's... That's what he said. I will remember his deeds. I will expose them and address them before the body. We're to be forgiving as God, for Christ's sake, forgave us. That's what it says, the Bible. If one is behaving evil, it's right, wise, and good to remember and rehearse those things to the face. And not just to continue someone in those things. Book of James, chapter 5. Verse nineteen, brethren, if any of you do err from the truth, and one convert him, well, how do you convert him? Well, you you expose that thing. Let him know that he may that he which com, uh, converteth the sinner from the error of his ways shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. Now, there's no need to be rude, crude, or socially unacceptable, but John because these, these malicious words had gone out about John and were told to everybody John said I'm going to set this thing straight before all I'm going to remember these things before all He didn't say okay when I come over diatrophies he's you know he's just confused he needs to be better taught and we're going to find common ground and you know he just he, he just he just needs to be taught better he said, I'm going to come tell the church. Just as much as Gaius, that his witness, in verse 6, which have borne witness of thy charity before the truth, just as much as Gaius' behavior was borne witness before the tr- the church, I believe John is going to bear witness of Gaius' behavior and expose him for what he is before that ex- assembly. What's he doing? Look here. Look how evil. Prating against us with malicious words. Prating means talking nonsense, lies, accusation. Malicious, wicked, evil. Just outright lying. Okay? So that's not uncommon, is it? You ever heard a rumor about you and it was just outrageous? All you could do is laugh, maybe? It's like, where, where in the world did you get that from? Among the world, that's, you know, that, that, that's not super uncommon. You know, people just making stuff up. You know what? Among professors of false religion, it's not uncommon either. Um, and you all know this. The, because of things that have happened and people that have left or whatever, a lot of times they find me as their target. They, can't, they, can't, they don't refute what the Word of God says but they lie and stretch the truth and, 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 and make me as a target, whatever. Sometimes among discontent, immature children of God who simply, they want to have things their way, maybe like diatrophies, he wants to have things his way, well, he might have to stretch the truth a little bit about John. Well, who's diatrophies? John put his head in the Lord's bosom at the Last Supper. John handled the Lord Jesus Christ risen from the dead. Diatrophies, who's he? Right? So for him, if he's going to have any kind of if he's going to have any kind of contest, maybe, maybe he has got different ideas. If he's going to be doing any of that, instead of, instead of actually talking things and say, you know what, I believe this means this and this means this, and let's consider this further, he t- attacks John personally. Consider John, just for a moment, John the Beloved. He started out Son of Thunder, right? But wasn't he known ultimately as John the Beloved? Meek, unoffensive, humble, and now he's an old man. This is a guy, again, that walked with the Lord Jesus Christ, and Diotrephes didn't. Who in the world could speak about evil, about John? I mean, the only, okay. So you can look through the Gospel of John, and it's—I think it's funny how he wrote that the disciple who Jesus loved outran Peter. I mean, that's—that's kind of—that's a Peter might not have been <laughs> totally okay with him writing it that way. But that—that's—that's—that's that's, that's not something to get upset with John about. That's maybe the only thing you can think about. But that's not even something to consider. Who would write unkind words against John the Blood? Okay, so think about some pastors maybe that you've known in your life. I can think of several that were just sweet and kind and gentle and loving and can't think of one single bad word to think about those people. I've got several in my mind right now. Now, if, what would I have to do to try to upheaval them? Or if they sent a letter and tried to say, what would I have to do? I'd have to try to discredit them in some way, wouldn't I? That's what Diotrephes was doing. He was talking nonsense. This was done with an unkind examination and lacking spirituality. And he, perhaps he was picking up weaknesses in the flesh, you see. It's easier to prove, it would would have been easier to prove that John was a human being and a sinner than it was to prove anything he said to be untrue. It's easier to prove that John was a sinner than it is to disprove the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's easier to prove that John was a sinner than it is to disprove the assurance of the believer according to 1 John or walking in the truth according to 2 John, he's saying so he had to have been unkind with him, with malicious words, lying, and stretching even even truths to break down, try to break down his character. It was done with a malicious or wicked or evil intent, and it was done to to hurt John. It was done to hurt his testimony, and it was done in an attempt to ruin his ministry as unprofitable. No, you don't need to hear John. Malicious words, malicious words, malicious words. No, we won't receive John or the brethren. Malicious words, malicious words, malicious words. Evil. This church boss. In doing that, if he, if he was just doing this by himself, that would have been different. But again, because he's blocking these men from the local church, exercising himself as a church boss, you see how evil this is. Diotrephes obviously didn't have a real accusation. Therefore, he had to lie or stretch the truth or even make stuff up. Malicious, evil. We don't know what he made up because John doesn't tell us, and we're not supposed to know what he made up. Just know that lies and malicious content is not godly. It's not right, good, or after a godly sort. It's evil. It's not following that which is good, but following that which is evil. Ask yourself this question. To who, or whom, English, did Diatrophes prate with malicious words? Did he go about the church only and say malicious words, malicious words, malicious words against John? Did he go to sister churches? Because... Back in these times, churches were far apart yet close enough. I don't know where this church was, and people don't. But did he reach out and try to to dis disbrand or unbrand John as a faithful minister to other local churches? They didn't have the internet back then, therefore they didn't have Facebook. But would Diatrophes have gotten on Facebook and try to discredit? John, with malicious words, I think I think Diotrephes would have done that. Evil, evil. Now, how in the world does what Diotrephes doing? How does that further the truth? How is how? how, In what way is he a fellow helper to the truth? He's not. Look again, verse ten, prating about praying against us with malicious words, and not content therewith. He's not satisfied therewith, the the brethren. He's not satisfied with the brethren, neither receiving them or giving them hospitality. Now, he was not content or satisfied with them in any way, form, or fashion. Okay? Okay? He wasn't content or satisfied with them, with their persons. He just didn't like them. Why not? Well, the truth exposes. The truth offends, right? Look at verse 11 again. Beloved follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. So if the truth, for Christ's sake, calls one to repent from evil, if someone is walking in evil, they won't like it very much. They won't like those people very much. Just their presence, their persons. They won't like them very much. So he didn't, he didn't want to see them. He didn't want to be around them. He was, he was offended by their presence. And also he was offended by their pronouncements, their doctrine, their teaching, what they wrote. If he was not offended by their pronouncements, then he would have received the letter from John. He would have received the brethren. He would have received those who received the brethren, but he would have none of each. Not content. He wasn't going to be satisfied until he had what he wanted. Hang everybody else. He said, again, not content therewith, neither doth he himself receive the brethren. He didn't receive them in the church. Thus, he was casting out those that came, and he was also casting out those that would receive them likewise. Anybody don't agree with me, you're out of here. Well, that's, that's a terrible point of view, isn't it? He didn't receive the people who were teaching truth. He, he wanted to lead in all things. What was he leading in? Okay, I think about that. We touched on it a moment ago. What was he leading in? So if he wasn't, if he was not content with the gospel of Jesus Christ, these things I've written that you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and believing in him, I have life through his name. If he was not content with the gospel of Jesus Christ, what was he content with? Was it works? Was it knowledge? Was it a gospel that wasn't a gospel? Brother, you said something disparagement yeah yeah he's content with well himself he wasn't content with the assurance of the believer therefore he must have been content with gnosticism or antinomianism a free-for-all he wasn't content with walking in the truth so therefore he must have been content with not walking in the truth He did not receive them in the church. He also didn't receive them in his home. Look in verse 10 again. Not content there with, neither does he himself receive the brethren. That's not talking about a church capacity. That's talking about him as an individual. He would not receive into his home as brothers, but rejected these people as rebels. If you're not coming to my house. He wouldn't receive them as ministers, as pastors, as missionaries, as those that for, for, for Christ's namesake went forth broadcasting the gospel. He would not receive them. He would not receive them into his company. He would not receive them that he may be a fellow helper unto them. He did not receive them, again, with, with, with his coming. He didn't want to spend time with them. He did not receive them as a fellow helper with his substance. I mean, it could be. It could be there are pe- people who preach the Word of God, and we might not necessarily like them as people, but they're doing the Lord's work, and therefore we would be right to help them if we could, if we felt so led of the Spirit. But even in their personality conflicts, he he, could, he wouldn't offer them a dime of his substance at all. In no way did he receive the brethren. So I believe in liberty of conscience. I do. Meaning... Not saying it's right, but if someone didn't like someone else, I can't make you like somebody. But it's further evil if you not liking somebody, you impose your not liking somebody on somebody else. Keep reading. And casteth them out of. Excuse me. Forbidding them that would, forbidding those that would receive the bread. Not only did he re- not receive them, but he forbade those that would receive them. Those that had a heart of fellowship to receive these people, he would, he would put them out. Those that had a home and substance that they could receive these people. Remember when we read in Acts 21 when Philip received Paul and his company? If diatrophies would have been in Caesarea, then he would have put Philip out for receiving Paul and said, you know what, if you're going to receive Paul, you can't be part of us anymore. Those that had a desire to be fellow helpers of the truth among them, he had, he had a desire to, to put them away. Literally taking from their eternal reward. I, I believe that being a fellow helper in the truth is, is part of eternal reward. And, and he had a desire to not only put those away that were preaching God's word, the truth concerning the gospel of Jesus Christ and its effect on on sinners, but also those that would receive them. He he wanted nothing to do with them. That's evil. That's evil. He restricted others from receiving. A guy not receiving the truth barring others from receiving it. That sounds evil, doesn't it? Doesn't it? I mean, if I... If I if I won't receive truth would it be evil from me barring my family from receiving truth that would be evil yep. if I won't receive truth wouldn't it be evil for me to to bar this congregation from receiving truth and all you're ever going to hear is my version of it yep. that would be evil Ditriphes was trying to build his own little kingdom wasn't it but let's let's Let's, let's think about a less obvious example. What if we had, what if when we invited the DeWitts over a couple months ago, we invited them over to be, to be guest speakers, and then nobody shows up? Nobody shows up. Nobody receives them. There's no love offering. They show up, they preach to an empty house, and then they go home. Isn't that kind of the same thing? I've known of men that will go, that have gone to fellowship meetings, and half the church won't show up. They, they're either on vacation or or got something else going on, or oh, you know, whatever. They put the guy in the hotel, and then when they're done, they're done. All right, thanks for coming. Are they really for receiving those people, or are they not? You you see how that's a milder form of evil, but evil nonetheless. I know of a guy that there was a fellowship meeting going on. He didn't go to the fellowship meeting because he didn't want to hear the preacher because he wanted to be in charge. So he did a self boycott on the meeting and, and didn't go to the, to the to the meeting because he wanted to be in charge. It's evil. Not receiving truth, barring others from not not receiving truth and, and being adverse to those who do receive truth, That's that's evil. I mean, it says casting out further evil. Further evil. Casteth them out of the church. You see, church discipline is not a unilateral move. Okay? When when we exercise church discipline, one person brings up a motion for discipline and then the body votes on that after some deliberation, you see. It's not a unilateral move. So how could he, unless he was physically grabbing people and throwing them out, how could he remove them? Well, that's the power or influence that he had over that assembly. He wasn't concerned with anybody's spiritual welfare. He just wanted what he wanted. He didn't want to hear about the gospel or he didn't want to hear assurance of the believer. He didn't want to hear walking in truth. He wanted to hear what he wanted to hear. He obviously, in an ungodly way, exercised as his church, as in church boss status, the disciplining of of members, and those that desired to be fellow helpers to the truth were considered enemies. So, if we ever come to a place where people—now, church discipline is hard; it's never easy. Would would Nelda, when you fell, if they would have said, you know what, the only solution to this is cutting off your leg, would that have been an easy decision? No. It's never an easy thing to exercise church discipline. But it's a necessary thing at times. It really is. But he considered, look in the contrast here, he, he, it's not like diatrophies recommending people who are, are caught out of the way and unreformed and unrepentant and living in habitual sin that, that he's bringing them up for church discipline and a godly sort. He's saying these are people that are enemies of the Lord's assembly because they hold to the truth, they want to hear more of the truth and those that bring the truth, they want to receive them. And Diatrophes held those people as enemies. Those that challenged Diatrophes' dominance then were the enemy. Okay? John was the enemy because he challenged Diatrophes' dominance. The brethren were his enemies because they challenged the dominance of Diotrephes. Those people that received the brethren were enemies because that would have challenged Diatrophes' enemies. Guess what? Gaius, according to what we've read... Is in diatrophies, is crosshairs, whether he knows it or not. I don't know if he, we we can't tell by reading this that he knows it or not. It looks like John is bringing light on the subject to Gaius. Look, he's not right. He's not good. You're in the crosshairs. I'm coming to talk to him. This is what's going on. Gaius, we know, received the brethren because the church said so. Verse 6. Again, how evil is that? What's a logical conclusion here? It's no wonder then that the next verse says what it says. Beloved, follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. Gaius, by by what we've read and by godly definitions, what we've read in chapter in, in third John is Gaius. That which is good is Gaius. One that is of God. It looks like Gaius is of God. It looks like John is of God. It looks like the brethren is of God diatrophies is he evil was he doing good name one thing that Diatrophes did that was good did he do anything that was good or gone honoring or supportive of the gospel or the ministry of the uh, uh, of the Lord Jesus Christ no evil hath not seen God doeth that word doeth comes up there verse 10 and verse 11 doeth. evidently Diatrophes wasn't saved But you know what? I don't know if you caught this or not. I'm sure you did. Wasn't saved, but you can't be a church boss unless you're a church member. Right? This man was operating inside the Lord's assembly for his own preeminence for his own stature, for his own glory, not for the benefit of others, not that others would bring glory and honor unto the Lord Jesus Christ, not that souls would be saved, but that he would have the preeminence, that he would be a number one. Like I said, it's not super uncommon that churches have diatrophies, that they would systematically withhold truth from the people of God for their own glory and for their own status. Evil, so evil. Children of God, we should receive the brethren. I you know, we've been looking forward to our conference for a long time, haven't we? When it, before services, we're going through and checking off and who's going to be there, and you're running through your mind and you're, somewhere you're getting excited. Who's, who's coming? Yeah, we're sorry some can't, some are. They're coming. We're excited. We look forward to it. Where are we going to take them? What are we going to do? You know, we've already considered love offerings and that kind of thing. We're, we're, we're preparing to receive the brethren who are bringing the truth of the Word of God to bring glory and honor to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and that our souls will be refreshed in the gospel and will be encouraged to trust the Lord and do what he says. That's wonderful. It really is. We should desire to receive the brethren. We should desire to be fellow helpers of the truth. We should desire, then children of God, to beware of diatrophies, the church boss. Again, Jude verse 4, For there are certain men crept in unawares. And tell you what, diatrophies can be a woman too. Ask the church of Thyatira. Diatrophies can be a woman too. Be aware of diatrophies. Be aware of the spirit of diatrophies and do not follow him. Why? Do not follow that which is evil, but that which is good. He that doeth good is of God. He that doeth evil hath not seen God. You want to follow somebody that don't have a relationship with God? That would be a dangerous course to take. Beware of diatrophies. Do not follow him. And you know what John said? I'm going to remember his deeds. I believe it's good that the Lord uses men like John to remember the deeds of diatrophies, to bring these things up, that they would be challenged on these things. Don't forget them. Bring them up and openly. Oh, you can't do that. You got to pull them aside and talk to them. Well, yeah, if we're starting at zero, settle your differences individually. But now that this prating has gone on, it has to be settled and settled openly. And that's exactly what John did. Diatrophes skipped step one. John didn't. Diatrophes skipped step one. Children of God, may we look like verses one through eight, and then we're going to read verse twelve in a few weeks. Now that we read Diatrophes and see how it's a it's a hard message to preach and it's a hard message to hear. I know. Now listen to verse twelve. Demetrius had a good report of all men and of the truth itself. Yea, and we also bear record. And you know that our record is true. You see how that goes back to the, the the former way of speaking? It's like, oh, what a relief. We're not talking about diatrophies anymore. What a relief. We're done with him. Good. <laughs> refreshing. refreshing. Do you think diatrophies knew what he was doing? He may have. He might have known that he was a spot in their feast days and and cloud without water and that he was as a raging sea of the foam and and and, and he 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 might have thought that that uh, maybe he thought he was just smart enough that nobody else knew that he was speaking great swelling words, having men's persons in admiration because of advantage. Maybe he thought he was the only person who knew. Children of God, we, we I don't perceive that I I don't, I don't perceive, if you do, let me know. I don't perceive a spirit of diatrophies in this building. I really don't. I, don't. I don't perceive that we have a diatrophies in this building. If you do, let me know. I've been around such. But we should have it in our, maybe, maybe like 30 years down the road, when all the rest of us are dead and gone, you're going to meet eye-to-eye diatrophies. Or one like him that is will you be able to identify and may the lord bring these things to your remembrance study these things often children of god we should trust the lord do what he says we should receive the truth we should love the truth sinner you love to have the preeminence that's a natural born that's a natural born position before god but guess what? That word preeminence has come up quite a bit. First place. Turn to the book of Colossians just for a moment. I want you to hear what preeminence really looks like. Colossians. You think you you think you know you want to hear stuff and you're trying to prevent it. and You don't only want to hear this or whatever. Here's what preeminence. Here's real preeminence. Colossians chapter one verse fifteen. Who is the image of the invisible God? Speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ, the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. Well, that sounds pretty great, doesn't it? And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead that in all things he might have thee, what? That's a resume, isn't it? I guarantee it beats any resume that, that Diotrephes had. And it beats any resume you have. Christ is first place. The Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, he is first place. Diotrephes, if he were to have a copy of that book to the Church of Colossae, and he were to read that, you know what would have been right for him to do? Repent. He thought he was first place, but reading that, Jesus Christ is first. uh, He's above all things. He's first place. How many platforms of first place are there? One. There's one first place. There's no tithe for first. There's one first place. He's above all things. So acknowledgement of diatrophies would have meant repentance. Sinner for you, acknowledgement of Christ's preeminence, his first placeness, would demand repentance from you. He loved to have a preeminence. He would not receive truth he liked to he liked to prate about malicious words and talk bad about the speaker and talk bad about those that, that would bring the truth and he wouldn't receive the truth nor those that would that would receive those that would receive the truth and anybody that would receive the truth he, he put him away from himself because he can't have his own little Apple cart upset why because he's the church boss. do you think you're your own boss? And one of these days, you're going to get what you want. You're going to be away from God Almighty. Alive in a lake of fire. What's my encouragement to you? Repent. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. That truth that so aggravates you. That truth that you so want desperately to be away from you. That truth that you will not hear. That you want stopped, stop. That you will not receive that letter or the man who brings it that you'd repent, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and be saved. I don't know what happened to Diatrophes. I don't know if when Gaius received this letter, he went and talked to Diatrophes. I'm speculating. Did he go over and witness to him and the Lord saved Diatrophes? I don't know. It doesn't say. Did John come and remember the malicious words and all that kind of stuff and bring it to his face and the Lord break his stony heart and give him a new heart? And he, he he be saved from his sin? It doesn't say. Did he die in his sins and is burning in judgment right now? I don't know. It doesn't say. I know something wonderful. The Lord Jesus Christ, who was all preeminent, came to save his people from their sins. If the atrophes was a sinner, and I know he was, if he was one of Christ's elect, he would have saved him just as much as he saved John or Gaius or me or anybody else who was the Lord's child. And sinner, I encourage you to repent. See the preeminence of Christ. Trust in His death, burial, and resurrection in particular. See that you were a sinner before God. See that Christ died instead. I don't know. I don't know who He died for. Do you see a need? Adam ate of the fruit. Why? Because he wanted to have the preeminence. He wanted to be like God. And you're no different. You want to be like God. You want to have the preeminence. I will be like the Most High, that devilish thought from the book of Isaiah. Repent. Repent of that very thought. Fall upon the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. May the Lord bless the preaching of His word.